If you are a parent of more than one child, I know this has happened to you before. And you probably did this if, if you have siblings, you probably did this when you were a child also. And this is something that every parent, you, you, you hope it never happens, but you are ready for it if it does happen. Because every parent is trained for this. They are trained to answer this one question the same way every parent. And that's going to be passed down from generation to generation. Your, even your kids now are going to say the same thing when they are parents. So let me set the scene for you. You are finishing up dinner, okay? Dads, maybe you are bringing in, maybe you're bringing steaks in off of the grill and getting ready to, to serve it. And, and moms, maybe you are putting the last spices on dinner before you put that onto the table. And what happens is two kids are gonna come up, they're gonna pull on your leg like this, okay? And the youngest one is gonna stare up right into your eyes and down into your heart and they're gonna ask that question. And you're ready for it with this rehearsed answer. That little one's going to look up to you and going to say, Mom, Dad, which one of us do you love more? You remember that? You remember that? Did you ask that question? At some point. It's like, and here's the thing. As a parent, you already know the answer to that question. It's been rehearsed, right? Parents are going to say this, and they'll say this every single time. It's a scripted answer, and it's the only real logical answer that you could tell your kids, parents are going to say, I love all my kids the same, right? That's, that's what we tell our kids. We love all our kids the same. Every single parent has answered that question the very same way. You're not being honest, but you know, you can't be honest with the kids right there. I'm sorry. I love your sister a little bit more. No, you tell them, I, I love all my kids the same. We all know that, and, 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 and that's what we tell them. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles this morning to the New Testament book of Matthew, and we are going to be in chapter 6 this morning as we start a brand new sermon series simply called Priorities, Getting First Things First. This is going to be an important sermon series, and I pray that you are here with us throughout the entirety of this sermon series. We're going to learn some things in this sermon series that we're going to go home and realize that we have just been doing things wrong. We have. We've been doing some things wrong. Would it be fair to say if we came to church to learn, but then we went home and nothing was any different, then, you know, we might have been wasting our time, right? Speaking of wasting time, our society, we seem to be really good at wasting time. We do. We waste so much time. Why do we waste so much time? Well, a lot of it is because we don't prioritize our time correctly. We don't. So let me ask you this. What makes a priority? What does it take for something to become a priority in your life? Here's the question. Can your priorities and my priorities be different? Well, that's, that's kind of a big question. Sure they can. Let me ask you this. Who determines your priorities? Who makes that list? How, here's another one. How do you know what your priorities are? Have you written them down? Literally, have you written down your priorities? How would anyone else know what your priorities are? How would your neighbors know what your priorities are? How would I, as your pastor, know what your priorities are? 
It's pretty important. Some people will say, you know, I, I, don't, really, I don't really talk to my neighbors that much, and, and so, you know, they might not know very much. Would your neighbors see you conforming to this world, or would they see you making God a priority in your life? You can't have both. That's really important. You can't have both. The Apostle Paul writes this. I am in Romans chapter 12, verse number 3. Paul writes this. He says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. In order to be transformed, there is something there, and then something changes. Being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing, you had a mind that had a mindset, and now it is changed. It is renewed, okay? So that you may prove what, is the, what the will of God is, which is good and acceptable and perfect. Conforming to this world, watch this, conforming to this world means that the world is setting your priorities. Whoa, that's deep. So how would your neighbors know what your priorities are? You might say, well, I never really can talk to my neighbors. I don't. I don't really know them very much. We kind, of are, we kind of stay at home. Here's the thing. You don't have to talk to your neighbors for them to know what your priorities are. They, they will see what your priorities are. I'm going to be as blunt as I can about this. And it might come across as cold, but I hope it comes across as truth. If you are not here at church this morning, being here at church this morning is not a priority this morning. Hi, come and join us next week, okay? If you're not here at church this morning, something else has become a priority rather than being here. If you're telling your neighbors that you are a good Christian and you, you know, this, this, you've got a, maybe you've got a cross or you've got a fish on the back of your car and they see that, but when they look at your priorities, when they look at what you do, they see Sunday morning, ah, you know what, you're still in bed, or you're asleep on the couch, or maybe you're washing the car, or you're watching the game, or hanging out with the guys, or, or, or maybe you're mowing the yard, but they see that you're not at church, right? They see that church is not a priority on your Sunday mornings because you're not here. Let me, uh, let me tell you something about priorities. Priorities, and an order of priorities, are kind of like a pyramid. Kind of like a pyramid like this, okay? But I want to ask you, what would happen if you built a pyramid upside down, like this? If you try and build a pyramid upside down, let me tell you what's going to happen right away. Boom. It's going to fall right away, right? It's going to fall to the front, to the back, to the left, to the right. It's going to fall right away. If you don't know what should be on the top of your priority list, the top of that pyramid, let me tell you, God. God should be, and we're going to talk about that, number one priority. When God is not on the top of your priority list, everything else on your list suffers. Everything. And if you try and build a pyramid upside down, and you're putting God, who should be at the top, but you're putting him at the bottom, watch this. He is overshadowed by all of these other layers. You see that? That's what happens when God is not in his place. But, but for some reason, 
we're still, your house is still going to fall. Your life still falls, but God's still not in his place. And we have this idea that we're going to fix our own lives without putting God at the top. So now we've got a fallen life like this, and we just try and reconstruct it without putting God where he needs to be. You know how well that's going to work? Not very well. It's, it, it's just not going to work. Read with me what Jesus said. I'm in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 33. It should be on the screen. Jesus says this, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The word first here, it's the Greek word proton. This is where we get our English word for prototype. A prototype is the first of something, right? Something will come after that. Something will be made, but it is the first. The word also refers to, in the Greek language, the word alpha, which is the first letter in the Greek alphabet. Alpha. There are no letters before alpha. Now, come to our alphabet. It would be like the letter A. There are no letters before the letter A. Let me tell you something about God. Before there was anything, there was God. Before you even had a priority list, there was God. You can't go back before God. God has always been first by nature. God always was, he always is, he always will be. God is always the beginning. It all started with God. And even the idea of something started gives us the idea that there was a beginning. God didn't have a beginning, but it is all God's work. I want you to write this down. This is point number one in your notes this morning. For those of you joining us for the first time, there's some fill in the blanks on the back of your bulletin, and those are going to be up here on the screen as well. Point number one in your notes is this. God, by his own nature, cannot be second. God, by his own nature, cannot be second. If God was second, that means that there is something more powerful than God. Wow. In your life, if God is second, that means there is something more powerful than God. And let me ask you, where is God on your priority list? I know it just went through your mind. You said first. I say, really? Like, is that your final answer? Right? Here's my... What, what, what do you, by your actions, do that shows God and shows other people around you that God is number one on your priority list? What is it that we do? Here's my next question, and this is so important. Who influences your priority list? Who influences your priority list? We're going to get to point number two really quickly this morning, and this is so important. Point number two in your notes, there's always somebody or something helping us write our priority list and put them in order. There's always something or somebody helping us write our priority list and put them in order. And I know everyone here wants to say, Pastor, God is the only influence on my priority list. And I would say, why are you lying to my face? 
We, we, we know that, right? So, so sure, God can be an influence on your priority list, but, but so can work. So can the kids. So can Facebook and Netflix and, and money. And so can your marriage can be an influence on your priorities. And parents and friends and, and TikTok and society and celebrity and culture. All of those things can be an influence on your priority list. So many people in our culture let culture dictate their list of priorities. And let me tell you, when culture dictates your list of priorities, God is not number one. Wanna know, wanna know how to know if God is your number one priority on your list? Well, you're following his direction for your life. You're following his instructions for your life. Not following some of his direction, no, and it's not just the big things, it's the little things too. Those are so important. Our world and our culture does not want God on your priority list at all. Certainly not number one, not number five, not number 50, not in the top 100. No way, I don't want it there at all. Now they are okay if you have a lowercase g God on your priority list, I'll tell you about that in a minute. But this is what we call an idol, really, which is what our society in itself is, is an idol. But they are absolutely dead set against you putting uppercase G God, God Almighty, the Alpha and the Omega, our Father in Heaven, in the number one spot or anywhere on your list. I don't want God on your list. See here, here, this is so important. The closer you get to this world, the further God is going to be from the top of your priority list. It's just the way it works. The closer you are to our society, the further that the church is going to be from the top of your priority list. By his nature, God cannot be anything less than first. But let's face it. God's not writing your priority list. You are. I'm writing my, my priority list, right? So let me ask you, if, how would you write your priority list if Jesus was here and he was standing right in front of you and you were writing this list down and you were going to turn it in, See, Jesus already knows what your priority list is. He knows if you're writing it honestly because he sees everything. He knows everywhere that your money goes. He knows what's in your heart, what's on your mind. He, he, he knows what, what your desires are. He could write your priority list truthful for you. But he's not writing this list. He wants to know what you are putting on your priority list. What if Jesus were to look at your time? or your behavior. And he says, you know what, your time and your behavior and the, and the placement of your finance and, and what you care so passionately about, or, or the flag or the, the banner that you march behind at a rally, what, what if he said, those things don't show me that you love me as much as you love these other priorities in your life. Show of hands. Who has heard of the Ten Commandments? Anyone heard of the Ten Commandments? I see like three hands. I should have every single hand up in the room. Okay. 
the very first commandment. Now, I'm not going to ask you to recite this, but I'm going to tell you, this is the very first commandment. I'm going to read to you from Exodus chapter 20, verse number 3. The very first commandment says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. Let's take a look at this for a minute, okay? I want you to see who is talking. Uppercase G, God, is talking. God Almighty, the, the, the God of the universe, He is the one talking. Your Bible uses this word God, uppercase G, God. I wonder if lowercase G, gods, can make it into our priority list. I wonder if they do. It's a misconception, especially in the Christian world, that a lowercase g God is just anything that you would put in front of uppercase g God. We hear that a lot. A lowercase g God is this, simply anything other than God Almighty, uppercase g God, that you worship. We're going to talk about worship for a moment. You don't have to sing a song and raise your hands for your actions to be considered worship. All you have to do to worship something else other than God is to yield to it. All you have to do is yield to it. It is to honor something or someone with your time and your attention and you give control of your time and your attention to something else. Lowercase g, God. You say, well, I don't have any gods except God. Really? Do we not? We call them idols. We don't want to say that we've got lowercase g gods, but I bet that we, I bet, I bet that we do. See, that action, that action of worship, the action of yielding time, attention, and control over, see, that's what we do, that's what we give to God, to uppercase G God. So if we are doing for something else what we should only be reserved doing for God, we've got our priorities out of whack. There is something absolutely wrong. Christians are to yield our time and our attention to God. We give God control of our time and attention willingly in obedience. And there are things in our world that we willingly give our time and our attention and our obedience to. We often give those, our time, our attention, and our obedience so maybe family, work, culture, society, money, cars, possessions. Maybe it's that job title. Maybe it's Facebook. Maybe it's, maybe it's Candy Crush. I'm not going to lie. Maybe it gets your attention at that moment over God, or over the kids, over things that should be on the priority list. So let me ask you. Actually, I'm going to tell you. What should be the priority list for the Christian life. We're going to go over these in this sermon series, and I'm going to give you a list, and as I told you earlier, that through this sermon series, there's going to be some moments when we're not going to feel terribly comfortable. We might come to some points in this series that make us cringe. 
But you know what that means? That means that we recognize something that is wrong and it gives us an opportunity to change it. If God is not number one in your life, then you are not living a Christian list of priorities. I'll say that again. If God is not number one in your life, then you are not living a true Christian list of priorities. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't move things around and fix them. That's what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks, okay? Somebody who is living a, a Christian lifestyle is striving to live a Christian lifestyle Somebody who is striving to be a solid Christian is somebody who has given their life to Christ and is living in obedience to his word, his direction, his instruction, is living for his comfort, and is willing and living to please God. Let me tell you, the number two priority on your list, number two priority on your list must be your family. God created the very first family. God has a lot to say about families. Created Adam, created Eve in the garden. He put marriage together to populate the world. This is all under God's control. To love each other, to take care of each other, to grow together in him, to bring each other closer to him. And, 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 and their job was to take care of each other. I'm telling you, when we get this priority list wrong, things are going to fall apart. If we're putting our family on top and above God, things are going to fall apart. That's not where family belongs in number one. That's God's spot, number one. But let me tell you this, family doesn't, also doesn't belong in the number five spot, priority-wise. It's number two. It's right away. Here's the third priority on your Christian priority list. It's the church. That's different from number one. That's different from God. It's the church. Paul writes this in Hebrews chapter 10. I'm in verse number 24. It should be up here on the screen. Paul writes this, and let's consider how to encourage one another to love in love and good deeds. Verse 25, not abandoning our own meeting together as is the habit of some people. He's, he's talking to a church and he, he's saying, let's consider how we can encourage each other while we're still coming together as a church body. We're still coming together as a body of believers, not like others who ha have just kind of fallen away and decide, you know what, I can just watch YouTube church and it'll be fine. No, he's saying, Let's not abandon meeting together, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I said that's a different priority. Church is a different priority than God in priority number one. Church is our gathering with other believers to study God's word together, to grow closer to him, to humble ourselves and to repent, to strengthen ourselves in our godly lifestyle. You'll hear me refer to it as a Christ style at times. It's to be there and surround ourselves with the influence of the almighty hand of God and his people. That's your time at the church. And it's so important to your Christian list of priorities. Now, I want you to notice something. God, family, church, what happens if we take our family to church? 
good things? Because they're a priority, right? That is so important. We come together and we baptize believers. And we come together and we take the Lord's Supper together and, and, and we follow in obedience to, to um, ordinances like, like baptism and, and, and the Lord's Supper, but obediences like, like tithing. Is church a priority in your life? I don't know about you, but when I go to the doctor's office, this happens every single time. As I walk out, somebody at the front desk will say, okay, well, let's make your next appointment right now. So, okay, and they'll go in, they'll say, the next place, the next time that I have is Friday the 24th, would you like morning or afternoon? I'll say, yeah, I'll take afternoon. Uh, about two o'clock? Yeah, about two o'clock. And they'll say, do you want a reminder card for that? Say, yes, yes I do want a reminder card. And they'll hand me something like this. And they'll say, okay, here's your reminder card. This, and, and, and you, know what, you know what we do with this? We take this home and we, put the, we go to the calendar. Some of us who are older and still have paper calendars. We go and we take a pen and we write on that date. Okay, the 24th, doctor's appointment, 2 p.m. And we go a step further than that. If we need a ride, we're going to call somebody to get us a ride to that doctor's appointment. Let's say it's a kid's dentist appointment. We are going to write a note so that the school knows that we are going to come and we are going to pick up our kids to take them to that appointment. Some of us go as far as we take a picture of that card with our cell phone, right? Or we do this, we start putting that appointment date in our cell phone, in our calendar, and we say, Oh yeah, give me a, one of those reminders that dings and reminds me a couple of days before so that I can remember. Let me tell you something. Everyone in this room knows when our next church service is going to be. If you don't know, you've got a reminder card. It's going to be next Sunday, 10 a.m. Where is it? It's right here. I don't need to give you a reminder card, but I'm going to. Every single week in this sermon series. But still, next week, church service is not going to be a main priority to every Christian. It's not. Even with a reminder card. You very rarely are going to call the doctor and say, you know what, uh, yeah, I, I can't make that appointment because it's important to you, right? Sometimes we have to. But let me ask you this. Calling off that doctor's appointment we're calling off of church. Well, calling off of church sometimes seems to be easier, right? You say, well, it's so hard to get that appointment. They're booked out for six weeks, and I got this appointment, and I, and I guess I ought to be there. And you say, oh, that church is going to be there every week. Eh, I'll go next week. Is that priority in its right place? Maybe not. We're going to talk about that as, as, as well. You remember when you met that significant other. Men, when you met your wife, wives, when you met your husbands, and I'll tell you in my life this happened, you, do you remember those friends that you ghosted right away, right? So my friend, his name was Roy, and Roy and I were hanging out a lot. As soon as Kelly came into the picture, you know what I did? I kicked Roy to voicemail every single time. Every time. He went to voicemail a lot. But 
when something in this world calls us for our attention at the same time that we have already dedicated to God, we seem to pick up the phone. We, we, we seem to say, oh, and, and, and our attention directs somewhere else. Because we might have a priority, but it might not be solid. I wonder if that ever happens during your devotion time. If devotion time is even on your priority list. The time in your Bible, the time in prayer might not be on your list. But I wonder if you ever sit down with your Bible at the kitchen table and you say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read this morning. And you get about halfway through the paragraph and the phone rings. You get about halfway through the paragraph and there's a text message that pops up. Man, those electronics really hurt us, don't they? Even if you're trying to read your Bible on your phone, I'll tell you, I really suggest a printed Bible. I've never opened up a Bible like this and had a pop-up ad in Nehemiah. You know, doesn't happen. It's helpful to actually have that and make that time. It's all about priorities. Fourth priority on your list that we're going to go over in this series is, in the Christian life, your fourth priority is work. I'm going to read to you from Colossians chapter 3. Paul also wrote this. He says, this is verse number 23. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord and not for people, knowing that it is from the Lord that you will receive a reward and inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. He says, do work as if you are working for Christ. Your boss isn't a jerk Jesus is your boss now, as if you are working for him. We work for the Lord. We work because it is part of obedience. No one, no one was ever given permission to skate by. No one was given permission to live off the backs of other people. It's not in there. No one was given permission to gussy up to the system and just let the system take care of the rest of your life. Nope. No one was given permission to be lazy and let other people take care of you. No one was given permission to do nothing. We were all given a direction to work. And work we must. Let's go back to the garden. Adam and Eve... Yeah, I mean, they, they had a great place to live, but they had a job. Their job was to take care of all of these animals, take care of each other, water the trees, water the plants, you know, walk around and just be a steward of God's property and take care of it. That was their job. So right away, their lives began with work, with a job. They had something to do. The fifth and the final priority that we're going to go over in this sermon series. And, 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 and people get so caught up in serving and in working. And they get so caught up in, in the kids and in driving the kids around. That they don't make any time for themselves. Yes, you should be on your priority list. Your priority number five that we're gonna go over. And you say, well, I don't wanna be selfish and put myself in this priority list. Let me ask you, how does the church work without you? How does evangelism work without you? How will other people know about Jesus without you? How does your family operate 
without you. Your family needs you. Your church family needs you. Your whoever it is downtown that is encouraged when you walk by and you just simply say hello, that person needs you. You are a priority. And let me tell you, you're not priority number one. That's God's spot. But you're top five, okay? You're top five. So, God, family, God, family, church, work, self. That's what we're going to be studying over the next few weeks. Finally, I want to take you back to the kitchen for a moment. You're getting things ready for dinner, and Dad, maybe you're bringing some steaks in off of the grill. And Mom, maybe you're putting some of the final spices on, on, on dinner before you, before you put it, uh, the plates over on, on the table, and, and you've got Jesus right here. And next to Jesus is your, your money. And next to your money is your, your job. And, and then, ladies, there's your husbands. And, and husbands, there's your, your wives. And maybe your kids are here. And, and your addictions are here. And Netflix is here. And that new car is right here. And they're all lining up. And that new job is here. And society is here. And culture is, is here. And that banner of that flag that you walk behind, it's all right here. And then Jesus looks up and he looks into deep into your eyes and and it's almost like he's looking deep into your soul and he asks that most terrifying question but the one that you have a rehearsed answer for and Jesus goes like this. He waves his hand and he, and he looks at all of these things and he says, which one of us do you love more? You know what the worst answer to that question is? And so many people will fall back on this scripted answer and say, Jesus, I love you all the same. Jesus doesn't want us to love all the things, all the, all the pieces of our life the same. The proper answer to that question is, Jesus, I love you more than any of these, and my time, my behavior, my lifestyle, my finance, my work, do or will reflect that I love you more than these. It's all about priorities. We've got to get the first things first. We've got to get the right things in their order. If God is not in his proper place, Everything else is going to fail. If family is not in its proper place, other things fail. If church is not in its proper place, if work is not in its proper place, if you are not in your proper place, if these are not in the right order, what you are doing is you are filling the spots on your priority list with something else. You know what you're filling it with? Whatever the world wants you to fill it with. Whatever the world wants you to fill your priority list with, that's what happens when you leave the influence wide open. You just let anything or anyone influence your list. This world does not want God on your priority list. And let me tell you something else. And I'm going to wrap up with this. God does not want 
this world on your priority list either. God doesn't want this world on your priority list. We've got to get first things first. First things first. God has to be first. Because if he's not, everything else, it gets out of whack. And when we go and try and fix it, what do we do? We like to try and fix it ourselves without even going to God, who's the mechanic, who built us, who built the, the pyramid. We say, no, we're gonna do it ourselves. And you know what we try and do? We try and fix a house that's laying on its side. That's what we do. When God is in his proper place, now we can start to fix things correctly. I don't want to go through this sermon series and just walk out as if we came in and we just listened to a great motivational speech for 40 minutes. No. Let this be a life-changing sermon series. If God is not number one, it's time to start focusing on making God number one. And we're gonna go through that. I promise you, we're gonna dive into each one of these. So I'm not gonna let you just, just go and figure out how to do this on your own. No, we're gonna we're going talk about these because they're important. Church, let me tell you that we've been doing this for five years. And I know that COVID jumped in and, and really hurt us. We wouldn't be in this series of priorities if we didn't need to be in this series of priorities. Does that make any sense? If as a church, if we didn't need this, if we didn't need to, to realign some of our priorities, I wouldn't spend six weeks on this. It's that important. Will you pray with me?